Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Design. These days, lithium-ion batteries are ubiquitous with their popularity set to rise, and so demand for critical minerals has never been higher. That includes zinc, which coats solar panels and wind turbines, plus it powers rechargeable zinc batteries. But like, like most critical minerals, it's largely sourced from overseas, mostly from China. This presents a number of obvious problems now and in the future, so there's a growing movement to kickstart a domestic supply of zinc, amongst other critical minerals. And on the line to discuss that is Andrew Green, the executive director of the International Zinc Association. So, Andrew, thanks for joining us. And let's start with this. What's the state of the critical mineral market, especially zinc, in the U.S.? Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to talk. The, the, the state of the current market situation globally, I'll start off saying that it's uh, currently a supply shortage, and this is due to a number of different factors, uh, including the, the high energy uh, crisis happening over in Europe and so forth. Uh, so we're currently at uh, historically low levels of zinc supply in the Lundamel exchange um, inventory system. And this is driving up uh, prices, as, as you would expect. In the United States, it, it is a, a critical issue because you've got about 80% of the refined zinc consumption that has to be met currently by imports. Uh, so the domestic supply is, is a concern. Right, and, and what are zinc's main uses and applications now and in the future? Sure, the, the number one use of zinc, I'll break it down to two areas actually. The number one use of zinc uh, currently is in galvanized steel. So the corrosion of steel represents a, a critical issue, not just for the United States, but also for the world uh, where the World Bank has estimated 3 to 4% loss of GDP just because of the corrosion of steel. Uh, once that steel starts to rust, uh, you have uh, safety issues, sustainability issues, and so forth. So zinc is, is the best solution to uh, protect that, that steel, and, and only a small percentage of the overall steel that's produced is currently protected uh, with the zinc. So that's a, that's a key market use. And then you've got other areas such as die-cast alloys, you've got uh, brass uh, alloys and so forth, zinc oxide for chemical use and so forth. And then if you break it by uh, different sectors, uh, you look at construction being the number one area that zinc goes into, again, with the galvanized being the, the main uh, aspect of that. Automotive uh, is another key area. And then it goes uh, much smaller areas such as uh, transport, um, machinery and so forth. And you touched on this in the intro, but I just wanted to, to echo that, that thought. Uh, you know, in addition to these areas right now that represent the main um, markets for zinc, uh, construction and automotive and so forth, the energy transition and the focus and the need for society to decarbonize um, matches to zinc's critical input to that, that uh, effort. So, you mentioned offshore or, or wind uh, production, both offshore and onshore uh, has a critical need for zinc. Solar uh, capacity, um, those solar farms that are being put in different places require the galvanized steel structures for the strength to provide that. And then another key area that we're really pushing hard on now uh, because of the growth opportunities is the energy storage. Uh, when you've got that energy being produced by the windmills and the solar um, panels and so forth, you need, that, you need to store that energy, and zinc represents a, a great solution for that, uh, that area for, for long-term uh, energy storage. 
Okay. Now, uh, you mentioned um, the, the huge percentage uh, of zinc that's, that's uh, imported right now. Why does China own such a huge lead in this area? Is it just the available supply over there? Is it policy here and there? Or is it some combination? Yeah, it's definitely a combination of those two. Of course, for, for there to be um, assets, uh, mines, and, and so forth, uh, you have to have the the zinc deposits present uh, in the in the area. So China does have a number of those uh, reserves that have been identified. Uh, but in addition to that, you you do need I think very um, supportive policies in place by the government that incentivizes the um, the companies to invest. It's a it's a major investment to put in a new mine or a smelter. Um, and both in terms of time and, and cost. And so I think China, very separate situations, obviously, from, from the United States, but China has definitely put in policies, long-term policies, to um, encourage investment into that area. And, of course, a lot of the companies in China are sort of quasi-government in the first place, so it's, um, obviously that's a, an advantage that they would have. Of course. Well, Andrew, be- before I let you go – and all things considered, what's the best path forward for securing a sustainable domestic supply chain for critical minerals, especially zinc? Yeah, I, that's a, an excellent question. The, the one area that I would mention first is I think the addition of uh, zinc to the critical minerals list here in the United States uh, by the U.S. Geological Survey was a, a great first step, uh, recognizing uh, the importance and critical nature that zinc plays um, by uh, adding to infrastructure and the energy transition, transportation, and so forth. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things that the, the government can do. Both, I would say this is true for the United States, but also other countries and regions such as the European Union, Australia, and so forth. Uh, I, I think one area that the, the government can, can help is to provide uh, investment and, and exploration incentives. Uh, this has been done in Canada, for example, to increase um, the exploration side of things, and that's something that could be incorporated in, in policies in the United States and other places, uh, because that's the first step, really, is to identify where you have potential um, mining opportunities and so forth. And then, uh, you know, the provision of grants, loans, loan guarantees, and so forth towards uh, the the um, the construction and, and um, investments that's required by the industry to go into these areas, both for the, the mining side of things, but also the, the smelting side. The other, the other area I think that's critical is uh, working with um, other countries to ensure that we have good value chains set in place with integration and encourage the, the common trade strategies with these other countries so that there aren't any um, barriers uh, or challenges that, that would uh, prevent that uh, aspect of going forward. Great. Well, thanks, Andrew. I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for joining us. Stay safe and healthy and have a great day.